Yo, what's good, people? As promised before, this is the episode that's going to ruffle some feathers on all sides. We do like to play devil's advocate here. But let me go ahead and start off with the title. This episode is called, It's Only Wrong When Black Men Do It. And Black Male Utility. I don't have a whole lot to go off of these two topics other than what you think I'm going to go into is what I actually am going to go into. So I'm going to cover both sides on both topics. Now, why do I say that there are things that are taboo only when it applies to black men? I know the big one is interracial dating. But there are other things, too. For example, traveling. Or leaving one's community because you were kind of an outcast anyway. Being a nerd, liking comic books, shit like that. And also I wanted to cover black male utility, which ties into triggering, being triggered by the actions of a black man. And black male utility is the thought process that, let's say for example, a black man starts a company and quote unquote, leaves the black community. He'll be all types of coons and sellouts. But they they excommunicated him and his business by trying to lowball him. You know how they treat black businesses. But let let a pair of Jordans come out at $3.50 a pop. They're going to pay full price. But that's neither here nor there. You know, all, all of the things that encompass the actions of a black man are looked under a microscope and scrutinized. I think in large part due to the fact that we are in a matriarchy. Last I heard, black, the black single motherhood rate was 77%. And this, this is not bashing, but that's what it is. Now, the common thing is that this is all the black man's fault. He's abandoning his children. Abandoning his children, excuse me. He ain't shit. He's not fathering his children. He's not taking care of his community. He's not protecting the black woman. But those those are just tired ass arguments. When it comes to conception, the first thing they'll all say to you is it takes two. Yet when the man is like, hey, let's have this baby, and she wants to get an abortion because he works at, I don't know, rallies, she's well within her rights to do so. But this episode ain't about talking about the unjust laws in America, because there's a lot of them. In my opinion, the vast majority of the unjust laws target men and not blacks or any particular race. But we can argue all day about that. We could do a live stream on YouTube if y'all want to argue about that. I don't care. Hit me up. But I just wanted to cover why on earth do certain things tend to be triggering when a black man does them and nobody else. Stay tuned. I'm going to actually have to do another segment just to separate the two.
Now, before we even get started, the first thing people are going to do in attack of this segment is try to say I'm celebrating one type of relationship over another. And I'm going to state clearly, and I'm going to say this twice. I don't encourage, nor do I shame, one type of relationship over another. I don't say that there shouldn't be black love and that shouldn't be the majority, or 100%. I will say this, that the man should have standards and the woman should have standards. And if somebody is going to treat you right, regardless of their race, you should deal with them. The common thinking is that you should just deal with somebody within your race regardless. So if that's your belief system, I'm not going to hate on you. You live your life. I'm going to live mine. That's neither here nor there. But but I'm going to repeat. I am not encouraging one type of a relationship over another. But I do want to cover something that's widely celebrated on one side and shamed on the other. Interracial relationships. That's a really tough, tough subject, but only because of the black male's participation in it. You can go on YouTube, you can go on the news, you can see in TV and movies or in day to day life in the field. I've seen countless white women and Latina women say that they prefer races of men other than their own. You see, Issa Rae in a book referred to Asian men as somebody that the black woman should date. You see, now I'm a WWE fan, so excuse me. You see almost all black female WWE or wrestlers date white men. You see a lot of these black female cosplayers that date white men. You've seen the massive celebration from American black women, black women, when Meghan Markle married the prince, there was a photo, a meme that they made of him kissing her at the wedding, stating this kiss was for the black community. Now, a lot of that is their hypergamy speaking, and it's not that they are trying to say white men or whatever they want to say. It comes off like that, but a lot of that is just hypergamy. A princess is as high as, that's, that's a hypergamy overload. And well, you know how that is. It's an instinct for women. You can't be mad at them. And you even have white men who go to Asia, go to Latin America, say they prefer Brazilians. There are white men that like black women. No problem, right? As a matter of fact, I think American Asian women date white men more than they date Asian men. Now, controversially, white men are considered the number one sought-after mate in the West. A lot of that might be economic, but that's the truth. They're at the top of the sexual and dating food chain. Hey, I'm not mad at them. Whatever. we got to find our place in this thing. But I asked you, what is the problem when black men actually participate in it. You see, the minute black men get involved in it, it's wrong. It's colorism. It's selling out. It's cooning. (sighs) 
you get sick of it. All right, I'm sorry. I'm personally sick of this cooing and shit, but I will cover... I'm going to make an entire episode on that because it just requires a, a whole discussion on itself. But I ask you, why is black male participation in something so triggering to you? Again, as I stated clear at the beginning of this segment, and I'll say it again for the third time now, I'm not celebrating one brand of dating over another. Also, I'll tell you this, I, I, I'm a free choice person, so I'm sorry, black woman, if this hurts your feelings, but I encourage free choice. And that includes LGBT black men. If black men are want to date men, or trans women, or green, or yellow, or Asian, or white, or black, or green, or brown women, you should be free to do so. Now... The pro-black stance is that your wealth and everything you build needs to go to a black woman because she understands you and that's gonna be that's gonna keep wealth in, within the community. Fair point. But what you're inferring is that that man is nothing but a utility to her anyway. And if that's the case, since I'm worthless to you, I'm no more than a screwdriver in a toolbox or a hammer. Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be interested in your dynamic of what you think life should be. Again, back to dick policing, as covered in a previous episode. I'm gonna do with my shit whatever I want. Be it my money or be it my dick. And that comes back around to black women having the most education in the black community. What do they need my wealth and my utility for anyway? As often said by them online, they're independent and strong, and they don't need no man. They often refer to submission or working within the confines of a relationship with a man as something they, they won't do. They absolutely won't do it. And not specifying on other races, but I'll just say that you can have a conversation with a non-black woman and talk about submission. It won't trigger her. She won't get mad. And this is not on not on average, but occasionally I think you will find more non-black women that are okay with the word submission as long as, you know, you're not completely running, ruling over her in the relationship. I think there's a little bit of push-pull dynamic in that. Whereas when you're dealing with w- women within the black community, she has to reign supreme in the relationship. She gets to make all the big decisions. You essentially just have to work and protect her and protect, and protect the household. And make, most of the time, babysit while she out clubbing and fucking other dudes. But that may, that might just be my experience. I don't know. But that is, again... There has to be shame on it when a black man does it. Don't ask me why. Because I don't know why. Other than the fact that you don't like black men. You just want to use them. (laughs) 
Now I got to cover some other topics. Particularly shit that black men are excommunicated from the community for. Now, this could be political views. Quote, quote, unquote, being a nerd. Not being a thug or a gangbanger. And shit like that. Now, very often, nerdy black women will be uplifted and looked at with higher SMV than your typical hood rat. And I get that. You get sick of the the quantacious and the quintacious with six and seven kids. So if you meet a sister out there that don't have that attitude and don't have that that mindset, you might like it. But there's so many black men that want to go against that curve of being on the street and running the block that they're almost looked at as a scarlet letter or a whipping boy. They don't belong in that community. They're not going with the flow. I will cover SMV, sexual market value, briefly real quick. Now, contrary to popular belief, I think a lot of the way, a lot of the ways that one gender moves is because of the sexual slash dating preferences of the opposite sex. And this excludes the LGBT community because you guys kind of, y'all have your own thing as far as SMV. But I'm talking about straight people, straight SMV, right? Even though a chick will say she's wearing whatever she wears for herself or she wants to look good for herself. That's a lie. I'm sorry, you're lying. And the point there is, that the opposite sex often selects the SMV for the other. I.e., the twerking, the hood rat, the weave, the easy access sexually. I'm sorry. That is a result of male thirst. That is a result of the top male's preferences. Often, what those dudes like is how the female gender acts. Don't ask me why. It's just how SMV works. A lot of people don't cover it. They talk about the SMV as far as what is valued, but they don't talk about why it's valued. And I'm covering why. Now let's look at guys, and particularly black men. Why are J's, giant rims, ridiculous cars where you modify a piece of shit 1988? Oldsmobile Cutlass or a Chevy where the engine is worth less than the rims. Why do you wear and have to stay on top of the greatest fashion trends? Why you ask? It's because the woman likes that shit. They're picking the dudes that have all that shit. They're picking the dudes with the swag. They're picking the heartless thug who'll kill you soon and smile at you. SMV, as I stated before, is not decided by the person who is at the top of that SMV, but often it's decided by the top of the SMV's target, i.e., whatever you like, whatever those people like, is how you're going to conform to that, that, pers- that person's particular sexual 
tastes. Briefly, let me cover why SMV for women is ridiculous. Because very often they'll be fat, ugly, single moms of multiple children. They'll have a standard of, you know, six pack abs, six feet tall, six figure income. The three sixes. And I'm not talking about Satan. But men have to live up to a standard that you all as women don't. You could be fat, you could be ugly. As long as you're a woman, most of the time you're good to go. Now, that is because male thirst and simps. So, that's neither here nor there. But let me get back into the shaming and why it's bad for a black man to do something and nobody else. I reference a big YouTuber, uh, Tyrone Magnus. Maybe a lot of people don't know him. But the dude covers nerd, nerd culture for the most part. And he, he has old, old, old videos, because the dude's been around for over a decade, where he was covering that the stuff that he's into, like video games and whatnot, he's often shamed for. He was often shamed for by his own community. They, they pretty much shut him out. I think the dude's from New Jersey originally, so a Jersey guy got shit out by the black community for being a nerd. This even, where I'm from, this even boils down to education. Let's not even cover a, a fad or something that you're into as far as hobbies. Brothers who went to class in high school for me, like myself, they were considered lame. Most of everybody I went to school with was cutting class and fucking, and that's all they had. I remember senior year, there were a lot of people who had kids already, and I was sitting there. Just trying to graduate without kids. And I felt odd. I thought it was normal to just have kids recklessly. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just covering that. And you'll notice that white nerds or Latino nerds, they don't feel the pressure that I think black men feel from their women. Because at the end of the day, as I covered at the beginning, SMV is a huge part of why people do what they do and because the smv of black men is put into pretty much two archetypes you're either a thug or you're just one of those dudes who convey so much swag and you're essentially like a pimp so if you're a thug or you ain't dripping with swag you have no smv at least within the black community same goes for education But what I'm going to cover in the next uh, segment is those same men that have no SMV within their community are expected to pour whatever wealth they got or whatever they've built into the community that's chewed them up and spit them out. Now, I want to cover why, I ain't going to lie, the utility part kind of offends me, and particularly within the black community. 
the same men that y'all throw out. And often this happens as teenagers. Now, real quick, before you want to dismiss somebody whose teenage years affects them their whole life. First of all, fuck you. I'm just going to say it straight up. Fuck you. That has a huge impact on a person's life. That is when they are developing and maturing into an adult. And it often shapes the rest of their lives. Back on the utility part. We have a toxic culture. Let's, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. This ain't a white supremacist Fox News talking point. We do have a toxic ass culture. From the dating culture to the day-to-day lives to how we move in the streets to how we treat each other. And asking for that to improve is not cooning. It's not selling out. That's not a... I, I think people are better than that. Whether you want to call it cooning or selling out or whatever you want to call it. There's no code. There's no honor within that society. And what I'm getting at is... For example, uh, China or Japan. Those are two places where people don't steal from each other. At, at least at the percentage that black, blacks rob each other as we rob each other. I remember being in Asia and leaving my cell phone in the car or in a taxi cab to go get something from the store or whatever. Come back, my phone is still there. I remember getting packages when I lived there on my porch. You know how hard it is to keep your Amazon shit from getting stolen? So, miss me with all that. You cooning and you selling out shit. But I'll get mad because these the men, you, you first you kick these boys out, mostly boys, for being different, right? If they make anything of themselves, you look at their wallets and you you assume that the contents of their bank account is going new. Let's say they leave the community and they don't date within the community. You're mad because their wealth isn't going towards somebody of the same race. Mind you, people that excommunicated them. But you're an idiot. Like, seriously, fuck you. You you, you want to have your cake and eat it too. You mean you want to hold your status quo community culture of toxicity and thugging and, and swagging. And when brothers don't do that shit and they go somewhere else and make something of themselves, you want to look at their wallets and wealth and be like, well, that belongs to us. What did you, how did you make that? Or you built that for us and it has to come to us. You soulless motherfucker. Fuck you. And yes, there's a lot of cursing in this episode, but that's something that I've dealt with, and I'm tired of hearing that shit. I had to cut off the background music for this. I'm tired of hearing this shit. Stop looking at my wallet or whatever I do, or what any black man does, and trying to claim it for yourself. Alright, it's not yours. They did that in spite of you, not because of you. And I get the, the, the portion of this the, the, that I do understand is you're like, who you marry is who you become family with. 
So, oftentimes a man is contributing wealth to that wife's, his wife's family or his woman's family. So, you're going to hold the viewpoint of, well, if he's not helping a black family, then fuck him, right? But, that's neither here nor there. Like, he didn't give a fuck about that at that point. I didn't. And I know black men that are in Asia or Europe doing their thing as far as romantically goes. They're not interested in the community because you kicked them out. When are we going to... Okay, speaking of black male utility, you are not going to kick people out, essentially, socially. That's what I'm talking about. You're socially removing people from the community. You don't get to excommunicate people and then demand something of them. We are not slaves. We don't owe you anything. Now, I understand. Not forgetting where you came from. Being about your hometown and blah, blah, blah. But don't tell me I owe something to anybody. Any and everything I do, or any black man does, is for himself. Now, we have to cover the red pill thinking man. And you have a deep understanding of gynocentrism and society. And the fact that we come from a matriarchy. Leading me back around to utility. Why the fuck would any man volunteer to be a utility for a matriarchy? That's... That is essentially, you're holding a man to a 1950s patriarchal standpoint or standard where he's the provider and protector and all this, that, and the third, right? Everything from the 1950s for a man is still well in place, expected, and often you're going to shame a man that isn't living up to that. But you want to be 2018 females with other niggas' kids. No submission. You're not cooperating with the man. You don't listen to the man. You don't clean up for the man. You don't cook for the man. Who the fuck taking that deal? You want me to take that deal? You want me to raise all these other kids that I ain't father? Like, uh, uh, particularly you J- Jason Black followers. Well, seriously, you want me to take that deal? Like, I'm, I have to take that deal because what? Because you're you going to get mad on the internet? Well, I don't know you. I don't care about you. And I really don't like you because you're a hypocrite. Not because you have good ideas, because at the end of the day, I understand the black love people, but you can't force that shit. I don't have to do what you want if you're not going to kind of meet me in the middle. Isn't this a two-way street? Do I not have the, the right to have an opinion within the spear? Or am I just there to work and be a utility? The black man, we are more than a tool for you to use and throw out once it becomes dull. Because that's often what marriage is in America. So before you claim to be red pill, stop telling me to get married off of your own ideology. (sighs) 
You know, you know me. I like to do a little closing segment. Do you value black men? Do you care about black men? Do you respect them as human beings? Those are those are valid questions to ask. Because so very often, it's other black men that are out here enforcing these standards. I hearken back to calling a lot of these pro-blacks energizer bunnies because they get the batteries put in their backs and they're out here beating the drums for something that they haven't done. Because the vast majority of these pro-blacks, they don't have wives. Or if they do have black children, they're with women they're estranged from. So you're out here enforcing a standard on other people's lives that you aren't even living up to. Again, as red pill wear men, really real red, red pill aware men, not you simps. We have to remember that, that we do live in a culture of matriarchy and gynocentrism. So to sit here and try to force your standard that you aren't living up to on black men, it's disrespectful. When a man gets expounded from the white community, for example, His nerdy ass could run off to Asia or get him a Latina. Or maybe even remarry back into his community with a woman who's willing to communi- communicate and participate within his mission and his plan because he's built the resources. But within our community, we gotta admit that it's all about resources. She ain't willing to, we don't get cooperation. We are in a, a savage matriarchy. The matriarchy is so ingrained that the black man has become a utility. And maybe some guys don't want to do that. At least the seven or eight percent of black men. Are we sitting here really going to hold them accountable for what they don't want to do? Like, some men don't want to do what you want. I mean, that's your idea. (laughs) Let's cover this. So you get an idea in your head about what somebody should be doing, right? And because other people don't do it, like a female, you want to get emotional, start name-calling, and start attacking because they're not doing the things you want and living up to the ideas that you have. Ideas that you aren't enforcing on yourself. Oh man, I don't want to get too deep in this closing segment, but I'm going to just say one thing. Look, I'm not against black love or interracial love or whatever the case may be. I am for the free choice of a man, particularly you black man. Nobody likes you anyway. All you are is a utility to them, and you only got one life. I've talked about it before on other episodes, and I'll end it right here. What do you want your legacy to be? What about your happiness? Remember, black men, you are the prize. You are the prize. You are the goddamn prize. Live it, love it, and fuck everybody else. I'm out.